fuck is up, gamers? Welcome to Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, your number one left as a podcast made by four of the Terminally Online, also not a threat. Just a fact. Just a fact. Though I am starting to doubt that it might be a fact. Listen. Like, it's it- been a while. <laughs> We've been doing this podcast for nearly three goddamn years now. TikTok, bitch. And yet he has yet to die. TikTok is going to die in America before Henry Kissinger. I'm Sarah, and I'm your vice-ass president. Your VAP, get it? Like the the song? Like how how Maya Rudolph is going to say that in a month on SNL? They're going to say it tomorrow at the DNC. (laughs) Oh, God. And that's tomorrow, by the way. I was on the phone with my parents, and they were like, oh, are you going to watch the... um, DNC, uh, Bernie speaking, like, you like Bernie, and I was just kind of, I, yeah, don't think I will. I am disillusioned with that, <laughs> I have become disillusioned with that old man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll probably put it on at work, because there are TVs at my work, and I can, like, walk up to them every once in a while, but who knows? I'll be at work, working my yeah. job that I work in the pandemic, where people who want the to what? go to the gym in a pandemic Wait, uh, can go to the gym. Wait, but in a what? Oh, a pandemic. There's, huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's like a whole disease ravaging um, the entire world. Okay. Particularly um, North America. Have you considered, no, there isn't. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Caroline, a- a.k.a. Uh, the 5G Rat Tower. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Matt, a.k.a. Genghis Callout. So, uh, I-, I guess, like, just... I don't know, but I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do want to, like, talk about it a little bit. Biden picking Harris is, like, I think the lead, like, there is no comedy to mine from that. Like, No, no, I've, I've fully just become Doomer Wojak about this. It's just the mass incarceration ticket. Yeah. Like, I might literally pick up smoking. <laughs> The um the I, I just I just can't stop thinking about that interview about that uh, time Kamala Harris was on uh, the Stephen Colbert show, and she was like, "It was a debate. I didn't mean anything that I said that was mean about Joe Biden and his extremely racist history." Remember how we said that that was the only good thing she did at that entire debate? It has been really cool over the past week to see all the um stuff from uh. Kamala uh, 1.0 as opposed to 2.0 where she was saying stuff like I fully support uh, Senator Sanders citizens. Medicare for All bill um, I'm cons- I believe the women who say that they were made uncomfortable by uh, Sen- Vice President Biden's uh, weird touching and hair sniffing and I think we need to believe women and also that uh, that little girl was me you can still buy the that little girl was me shirts on Amazon by the way Here's another uh, encapsulation of how I feel. Just popping uh, open gri- a sweet beeb. Grip it and rip it, baby. Um, yeah, Kamala. Ka- uh, that me. Uh, that wasn't very cash money ma- of you. Is that anything? No. I think yeah, you can do better than that, there. Sarah. Yeah, I, I know that I can, and that's why I'm kind of disappointed in that output. Yeah, you, you could do much better. We'll, we'll we'll get there one day. Yeah. We have, um, <laughs> Remember when she talked about how much she loved smoking weed and listening to uh, artists that had not put out albums yet in college while she had, while she was throwing people in jail. Listen, listen, I listen. I'm saying this next statement was a complete joke. I get it. I yeah. was 
I, I was complete. Listen, back when I was, <laughs> until I watched the document, the Firefest documentary, I was, I, I would have bet a hundred dollars that 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 the entire Fire Festival had happened when I was in college, which it absolutely did not. Like, yeah. who among us has not lied about listening to De La Soul? Like, <laughs> or gross, or grossly exaggerated the amount of De La Soul that they listened to. Mm-hmm. Like, I have technically listened to De La Soul with the amount of uh, Tony. Uh, he was on a Tony. He was on a Tony Hawk, right? I can't remember which one. I think so. And also a gorillas, a couple of gorillas tracks. So I've listened yeah. to some De La Soul. But anyways, so yeah. congratulations, congratulations to Kamala. Um, uh, on January 21st, uh, 2021, she will be singing the, the, uh, fucking, the Buddy Holly, Joe Biden cover. Yeah, absolutely. On because January 21st, uh, 2021, we are all Pokemon going to fucking jail. Yeah, I can't believe that they're gonna put cops and live PD back on the air on January 21st, 2021. <laughs> Because oh, they, they found a historic moment of people being sick of the shit being put upon us by cops and said, let's take the two largest cops in the Democratic field well, and put them on a ticket yeah. together. I think the worst part is that it it seemed like uh, it like uh, Joe Biden was very much leaning towards Elizabeth Warren from like what people like insiders were saying because there's always leaks on his campaign. Oh yeah, I don't no, think anyone wants that. to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. No one wants to be there at all. They're just like, well, I guess this is what we're fucking doing now. No, he it, it said I, the leak that um that leak said that he was leaning towards Elizabeth Warren until the last week when he made like said some something sort of, racist. When, uh, yeah, he said. He had a typical, like, racist fuck-up. I think it was where he said that um, the Latino community is very, very diverse, unlike the black community. And then they're like, oh, fuck, I guess we gotta go Kamala. But then, like, I saw an article where um, insiders are reporting that Elizabeth Warren was saying uh, she apparently played a lot of ball uh, with the Biden team and the Democratic establishment and cozying up to that beak slot, and that she said that she understood that a Biden administration would have different priorities. Yeah. Anyways, I, I can't I can't wait for Billie Eilish to come out at the DNC convention tomorrow and say, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? To the polls. It's literally so cool that Michael Bloomberg is has like a longer speaking slot than AOC. John hey, Kasich John has Kasich. a longer speaking slot <laughs> than AOC. AOC, AOC gets 60 seconds. That feels like an onion headline. Like that's how long it takes to get on and off the stage. God. Remember when Joe Biden, I feel like I've brought this up like a billion times in this podcast, but remember when Joe Biden was in fourth place? Yeah, it was kind of, it was fun. We all, remember that just brief period of time where it I seemed like the primary, that. the primary might be good. And then, simultaneous to this point in the primary downturn was like the exact point that COVID-19 like hit critical mass in the United States and Canada. Like it was like, it was two weeks after Iowa that my work shut down for four months. As usual, the rat Well, began to hit critical mass really. Yes. Yes. Of course it is going to hit worse. We have been maintaining critical mass for the last like five months. Yeah. It's, it's just so, it's so fucking funny that everything shut down at, like, the drop of a hat, and people were really mad about how it all shut down. 
and now when cases are far worse, they won't shut it down again. Yeah, and grocery stores have long really since stopped hazard pay because it's not dangerous anymore, even though it's like three times more dangerous. Yeah, we love it. Um, the some of the like most rich billionaires in Canada are people who own our na- nationwide grocery chains, and they cut their hazard pay oh, like the, month um, and a half ago at least. Pricers. Oh yes, Loblaws the bread pricers, of course. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos has made like another hun- another like what ten billion dollars since the pandemic started. Oh, if by ten billion you mean eighty-seven billion, then you'd be That's correct. That's not real. That's not real. That is That's what the number is. That's not real was. money. That's you're uh, you're lying to me. You're you're lying. That had to have said eight point seven billion, Matt. I knew it was an extremely large number. Don't look it up. Don't fact check me. What if it, it was, was sixty-nine large. billion? That would not be nice. The one time it wouldn't I'm be nice. I'm it would actually be nice if it was sixteen. If it was sixty-nine billion, we by law cannot get mad at him. Like I think we would, we would post. Find we, would post we would post. Jeff Bezos had his wealth increased by sixty-nine billion dollars in our Discord server, and then automatically Brooksbot would respond to it with "nice." Fucking class traitor. <laughs> I can't believe this robot I made to replace Brooks in a hurricane is going to become even more relevant. <laughs> is going to become even more relevant as a larger hurricane currently bears down on Florida uh, because hurricane season is now all year long. We love our uh-huh. climate, don't we, folks? Yeah, we do love our climate. Uh, we're hitting fire season on the West Coast. There was yep. a fire tornado in California last night. So, yep. Um, the... Enjoy. There oh, there's was... fires. There's fires in the Arctic. So yep, there was one of the one of the la- one of one of if not the last of the polar ice caps. Like I uh, just like uh, something shit. I can't remember the exact terminology of it, but something bad happened to it that was a staggering sign of climate change. It was like a huge part it's of the, the, the specifically Canadian ice sheet that broke off and fell into the sea, and right. it was posted on Twitter by Catherine McKenna, uh, like a former minister of the environment, and it was like. No more, no more needs to be uh, said about this. We we need action, and it's like yeah. she was literally part of the team that bought a pipeline. No more needs to be literally said about this. part of the team that bought a pipeline and was the environment minister in a four-year majority government. And oh no, no, we need action. I fucking no hate the liberals speaking, so no much. I hate them this. so much. Of the guy. In the hot dog costume, saying we're all trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> that is, that's Democrats. And, and like politicians screaming, "Do we have to do something?" Uh, how's the mail going? Well, the mail's going oh great. I just wanted to say real quick that we, you know, the I, I love politicians putting their foot down and saying we have to do something about this. We will hold all of these CEOs to net zero carbon emissions by the time 2050 rolls around, and we're all fucking dead because our our skin has melted off of our bones. We will hold all poli- all, all owners of carbon producing companies. Uh, to zero emissions through a tax credit funded by people in disadvantaged communities uh, punching cops in the <laughs> yeah, face. who operated a business in a disadvantaged community for two years. And received a Pell Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Kamala. Pell Grant forgiveness. But yeah, speaking God, of... Like, that has got to be the most Democrat thing I've ever heard in my life. Speaking it's of... So uh, speaking of Democrats saying, uh, speaking of Democrats being the hot dog guy saying, some we got to figure out who did this. The mail is going very well. Um, Trump installed a crony of his, Louis Louis DeJoy. I, it, it's Lu- no, sorry, Louis. He's not French. It's Louis DeJoy. Uh, he looks like a he looks like a fucking like 
If he was French, it would be Louis de Joie anyway. Yeah, so. he, yeah that he, name seems really right for riffing. Louis he just e. he just kind of like has the vin- I've I've seen pictures of okay, him. Okay, what because- if he was guys guys what, what if he was Louis de Joy? Do I get that joke? I don't I don't either. No. He's trying to teach you how to crank it. He's telling you to crank jerking it. Jerking off it. Jerking off instruction. Jerking off improv class. <laughs> Okay. Moving on. I, we all get okay. one stinker. I need, okay, okay, okay. I need someone, uh, I need a place that would be really weird to jerk off, and I need a really weird lube substance. Do I, did, I, did I hear strawberry jam and a strawberry jam factory? All right. Here we go. Here we go. But yeah, the mail. The mail. So uh, every everyone is the hot dog costume trying to figure out who did this. Um, the mail is being turned into a fucking nightmare hellscape. I've got a friend who works at the USPS who gave me a lot of really uh, relevant information about this. Um, I'm not going to dox them or anything, but they apparently got a global email from the Postmaster General today. Or the other day, rather. Sorry, I'm reading a, uh, tram- uh, a thing from a couple of days ago. Uh, which has, A, never happened in this person's three years of working there. Granted, not a terribly long time, but this has been two months since Lewis took over, and this per- and this person has worked there for three years. So there were two years and ten months for the, for the previous Postmaster General to pull something like that. Um, yeah. And then Lewis did it again the next week. The... Uh, first thing was the the the, the first uh, the first email from the postmaster general called himself the CEO, uh, which great is sign technically true, but also like not really. Uh, and uh, it's a lot about just how he's not very corrupt and how the post office is extremely uh, unprofitable. Uh, hold on, let me pull up. There's a couple of uh, I, I've got a couple of the letters right here. Um, First, while I certainly have a good relationship with the President of the United States, the notion that I would ever make decisions concerning the Postal Service at the direction of the President or anyone else in the administration is wholly off-base, said DeJoy. I serve at the pleasure of the governors of the Postal Service, a group that is bipartisan by statute and that will evaluate my performance in a nonpartisan fashion. The Postal Service has a proud tradition of being a nonpartisan organization, which I believe is one reason why the Postal Service is consistently rated by the public as the most trusted federal entity. I intend to uphold the trust that has been placed in me by the governors and to fulfill my responsibilities to this organization and the public interest by trying to make good decisions through the exercise of my best judgment and business acumen gained through 35 years of commercial experience and not based on any partisanship. So that's bullshit. Second, let me be clear that with regard to election mail, the Postal Service and I are fully committed to fulfilling our role in the electoral process. If public policymakers choose to utilize the mail as part of their election system, we will do everything we can to deliver election mail in a timely manner consistent with our operational standards. We do ask election officials and voters to be mindful of the time that it takes us to deliver ballots, whether it is blank ballot going to a voter or a completed ballot going back to election officials. We have delivery standards that have been in place for many years. These standards have not changed, and despite any assertions to the contrary, we are not slowing down election mail or any other mail. Instead, we continue to employ a robust and proven process to ensure proper handling of all election mail. So, obviously, that is, like, just absolute fucking horse shit straight from the horse's mouth. Meanwhile, when you... Yeah, all the conservative mouthpieces and um, assorted politicians are saying essentially that, where they're arguing that USPS is unprofitable and obviously has nothing to do with the election. But meanwhile... Um, when you ask Trump to his face, hey, what's the deal with you fucking with the USBS? What's happening? And he just literally just, like, they worked on this story for a year, and he just <laughs> tweeted, just tweeted it out. It. Um, he's like, well, oh, well, if you, 
if they have the money for the sorting machines, then they'll be able to count all the ballots, and we don't want them to be able to count all the ballots. Like, that's just what he fucking said. Yeah, you need to say it. Um, they're also say it. so we, we there's been a lot of photos circulating of uh, mail of uh, postal boxes being like yes. shipped off or locked up. But what you may not know is that the giant sorting machines, the D, the DIOS machines, DIOSS, are being taken out of a shitload of post offices and are being quote unquote centralized. Yeah, so, it was like seven hundred or something. Yeah, this this friend of mine is uh, saying that in addition to like just being an absolute nightmare for their job, the uh, DIOS machine is responsible for about ninety percent of the night crew's workload. So that's going to cause yeah. a lot of jobs to be lost. That kind of that machine also requires three people constantly monitoring. Monitoring, so they have automated the process of sorting the mail, but they need three people to constantly monitor it for and like yeah. to just constantly maintain the thing. So that's just you know that that's well, it's like the the more... fleet the fleet of these machines like taken as a sum total across the United States, we're sorting something like 21 million pieces of mail like a minute. Like, it's like an absolutely obscene amount of mail that's going through these things. So, like, one, they're huge, and second of all, like, obviously it takes three people when you consider the volume of packages going through it. You're considering, like, the irregular size of some of the packages, the fact that it's getting sorted by, like, postal region via their postmarks, and also... You mentioned packages, by the way, Matt. You mm-hmm. want to hear? You want to hear another fun thing? Sure. Hold on, I'm scrolling. There was a. I had a long conversation with this friend. I just got to find the actual talks. Okay, here we go. There is a price increase specifically for shipping of commercial services, like you know, online, like things like eBay and Amazon and stuff, just for the holiday season. So what's going to happen is that everything the USPS is going to jack up their prices for anything. You know, you're buying a gift for your, you know, I don't like using Amazon, but you know, I've been using eBay a lot. You buy a gift for your grandma. You buy like a a fun little knickknack. What are those little fucking things called with the big heads and like the little blushy faces? And there's like a child standing in the garden holding like a watering can. You know what I'm talking? about Hummel I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what they're called. Little Hummel. yeah, Hummel, Hummel figurines. Yeah. So you buy your grandma a little Hummel figurine, and it costs like eighteen dollars for shipping because the USPS has to jack up their prices just for the holiday season. It's from October to December twenty seventh that they are bumping the hell out hey, of these prices. That period of time seems to overlap with something important. No way, really. Did you did you know that the election is is in November? No. That's somewhere between October and December. In fact, it's the only thing in between. Well, there's it's all, the only thing in there. Christmas is also in there. Well, I mean, between. Oh, between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Thanksgiving is also in there. But yeah. You know. But you know, you're like you're not like li- there's going to be a Thanksgiving this year. Oh, yeah. I I mean, my family is probably going to have a Thanksgiving because uh just a little peek into the cur- behind the curtain of my place, my parents are I I I will say this conceding that New York and specifically upstate New York has had better numbers in regards to COVID, but they're also just like the, my grandmother turned a 90 the other week, like three weeks ago, my grandmother turned 90 and there was like a 25 person birthday party in my, that my parents held in their backyard. Like my grandmother, Hell. my grandmother literally was like, Hey, no, I don't want this party. I'm really scared about COVID. And my mom was like, I can't not throw a party. You're turning 90 mom. And she threw a party. But anyways, Oh my God. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that even like, among the people in my family who have voted conservative in the past and might not hold great political views vis-a-vis like taxes and or poor people are at the very least taking COVID seriously. Like it's been, it, that's been like a, a nice saving grace throughout the whole thing is that like 
my mom has gotten mad that I haven't come up, but at the same time understands how ludicrously difficult it would be for me to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad. Especially, take- like, when, when test turnarounds are usually, like, a couple of days, and yep. I'd have to, like... I'd have nowhere to isolate. I don't live there. Yep. <laughs> I'd, like, dad- rent yeah, a hotel a, for two uh, nights. Headline this evening that said, um... Uh, 40% of uh, America's COVID tests are coming back uh, too late to make any epidemiological difference. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so like, like that's, sense. that's basically how it is for me. I'll go get a test, and, like, in a month I'll know that I had COVID, like, yeah. two yeah. months ago. Well, it's like, for me, if it even if it takes three days, like, I work four days a week right now. I'm at a gym for eight hours. A gym. You know, that place where people breathe heavily. A James. And, and it's underground. A yeah, a, a gyme. We're in, like, also, my gym happens to be in the lower floor of a mall, so part of the mall traffic goes directly by our entrance. Um, so if I, if I get a test, it has to be on a day where I don't work, and I have to get the results before I go to work again, because mm-hmm. I will see an average of a couple hundred people every day. Yep. My They're dad. wearing. They have to wear masks. I have to wear masks. I have plexiglass, and I am scrubbing everything roughly every hour. But you know, it's an airborne disease. It's just yeah. security theater at that point. Yeah, My, it's um, making sure nothing is transmitted through touch point. But that's like what, like five percent of transmission? Like it's got to be a super low number, right? Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my dad is taking a cross-country road trip this week. He is driving from New York to California to visit his parents. Okay. He's going to be sleeping in the bed of his truck with, like, a tent, which is, like, at least he's not going to s- sleep at a fucking motel, but, like, I'm still just, like, I don't get it. <clears throat> uh, anyways, more mail stuff. Uh, USPS has basically seized their entire COVID response. Uh, my friend has a case con- has had a case confirmed in their office, and they were told to keep working. Yeah, naturally. Uh, they're, uh, they, they can't say, they can't uh, refuse customers who don't have masks on. Uh, even just despite local laws, like this isn't like a, this isn't like a place where this, where like those laws aren't in effect. Like this is a place where the mass laws are in effect. They're not allowed to say, Hey, no, you can't come in. Um, they're, they're Wait, ma- so like are, are USPS offices like technically federal buildings? Is that how that works? I'm not entirely sure. Cause here works. they, here, here, like they are absolutely, um, like uh, Canada post buildings are absolutely like under the effect of whatever the local laws are. Yeah, um, no, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely a local law, but I don't know if the, yeah, uh, they, and also the, uh, because the management at, at this person's, at this person's USPS office is all Trumpers, they can't, like, make other employees wear masks. Uh, right. And then, from what my friend understands, uh, facilities basically work until a critical mass of employees call out sick, and then they have to just shut down entirely. Which is what's, which is uh, in addition to the intentional, like just uh, like the intentional monkey wrenches being thrown into the works of the mail. um, This is also causing huge mail delays in the in the sorting facilities down south. They're just getting blasted by COVID. Well, yeah, there's also just been, like, huge mail delays in general, more or yep. less since DeJoy joined, right? There's also been uh, orders not to work overtime. Yeah. Overtime was cut, and they weren't to put anything into sorting machines, like, overnight or something. There was something about, like, uh, there was something about, like, the process of how they usually do their mail sorting, and it resulted in them being super behind in the morning when they actually had to go out and deliver. 
mm-hmm. they weren't able to they weren't have able to have anyone start before they had to send the trucks out. So basically, they had to do a bunch of by hand sorting before putting it in the trucks. The trucks would get out hours later than they normally would and wouldn't have time to do their route. Yep. There's uh, an internal memo that leaked. Um, I saw the other day that just says, um, "Yeah, we're, all these reductions are for the purpose of slowing things down, like very explicitly. Right. Like it's not just a cost saving or fucking whatever. You know, like the consultant speak of Mayor Pete types. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna slow this shit down. Well, it's like, what I what I think it's is, is classic, basically like, um, yeah, it's the classic conservative uh, move of proving that government services are terrible and don't work by intentionally destroying them. So that, well, yeah, it was like a, it was a Reagan, it was a Reagan person, or I don't think it was Reagan himself, but it was at least a Reagan person that was like, government should be making the services small enough that they could be drowned in the bathtub, which is like absolutely something a Reaganite yeah, would say. Speaking <laughs> of that, I've got another letter from the postmat from the CEO. I mean, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, who says in this press release, uh, this was Wait, uh, real another- quick. Yep. Sorry, I, I just want to call attention to how the dreadful irony of what a good job name postmaster is and the reality of what an awful thing. Like a Mr. postmaster general? general? That sounds postmaster general. It, it, it really vi- it really vibes with me because I, I I have this like episode of my gym partners a monkey that I saw a billion times as a kid stuck in my head. Holy where shit! That where are, just the name of that TV show <laughs> just was a brain blast. Where the the episode is specifically about the characters competing to to, to declare themselves the prank master general. And that that's it, it just it just reminds me of my the halcyon days of my childhood when I didn't know when I didn't know what politics was. God, I wish that were me. But anyways, <laughs> here here's another thing from the postmaster general. Let me be clear, Obama boys. Let me be clear about the reasons behind our restructuring and the need for our plan. Our financial condition is dire: ongoing declines in mail volume, a broken business model that Congress and the Postal Regulatory Commission have failed to act upon, and the crippling. The crippling economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic have all combined to bring us to where we stand today. Our critics are quick to point to our finances, yet they offer no solution. On the other hand, our restructuring and the plan we are developing provide a path to our transformation into a financially stable organization. I repeat again how excited I am to take on these challenges with your support to improve the Postal Service and better serve our nation. Together, our leadership team and I are taking aggressive and professional actions to ensure a successful future for the Postal Service. So, something that um, I'm I'm sure most of you who are listening to this are aware of, but I would like to bring it up uh, anyways. Back in, when was it, early 2000s? Like 2003, 2004? 2006, thank you. Um, there, yeah. was a, there was a law passed that stated that the USPS had to uh, fill their pension for employees 75 years in advance. Which literally no other company, government uh, or otherwise, is required to do in any way, shape, or form. This was them just like taking a. Sh- this was just them kneecapping the postal service way back then, so that they could continue. This is not like a recent thing. The Republicans have wanted to. Na- the The Republicans have wanted to privatize this for a long, long time, and this is the. It's not even is- just Republicans either. It's like, not because so many Democrats. Democrats. De- the thing is that vote. The vote on that. The vote on that bill. We don't have a record of it because apparently this is something that I learned this week. Uh, yeah. our, our senators have the ability to just say, "Hey, we don't want this vote on the record." Wait. Oh, you missed this, Caroline? What the fuck? They did it by voice vote. I and there was, like, literally a video it. of them announcing in the Senate that they were going to do a voice vote, and people fucking cheering. 
And let me remind you some of the people who happen to be in the Senate at this time. Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, yes. who did, who's reportedly voted against it, but like it's no again, way to not confirm. on record. Mike Pence wanted this John on record. McCain, probably. Oh, almost certainly. Mike Pence, funny enough, was uh, he wanted he he was against the voting by voice just because he wanted to be able to pin this on Democrats years later. Which, yeah, there are so many Democrats that are like, you know, speaking out against it now, like Democrats and also just like Democratic adjacent media figures. And then like every time one of them does it, someone just does a this you retweet um, with like an article saying that they should privatize the Postal Service. <laughs> like they got uh, they got Maddie Iglesias on that. Yep, they got, they got Pete Butter. They got Pete Butterball. Pete, uh, Pete Butter. Pete Butterball worked for fucking McKinsey when they were trying to privatize the Postal Service. What a fucking surprise. Uh, the one um, the one that made me God, the one that the one that made me fucking the the image of the guy like white hot with rage sitting at a diner table was the yeah. one from Gavin Newsom where he was like the USPS should not be defunded pass it on like a fucking like it's like someone po- like someone posting on Tumblr in 2015 <laughs> Let me tell you about a thing. It's called the Postal Service. It's a state that has a bigger economy than, like, what? Most countries (laughs) in the world? No, the one that made me white hot with anger was the one where people are writing a bunch of articles about how there were uh, appointees to the USPS that Obama was trying to push through. Um, that were blocked oh, by Bernie yeah. Sanders. They say blocked Jason by Bernie Johnson. Sanders as if he has like unilateral power and not was just not was not just one of the votes against it. Um, and then you look into any of these nominees. The articles didn't, but if you do, um, they were all fucking like deficit hawk Republicans who wanted to privatize the USPS. So like yet again, you know, Bernie was on the right side of history with that one, but. They're, um, they're still trying to make this a smear job against him, even though, like, he has no relevance anymore. Yeah. Like, Bernie Bernie holds no sway in anything now. He nope. He's not even, he's not going to get a Biden cabinet position. He's going to speak for, like, 30 seconds at the DNC. Uh, what, one last oh, thing. Oh, God, what? thinking about the Biden cabinet is... Oh, yeah. It's bleak. Are you, it's are bleak. You, are you excited for John Kasich to get a cabinet position? <laughs> no, they're going to give one to fucking Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Oh, um... This I just want to this past week John McCain's ago, I just want to um, call attention to a anniversary. Yes. Um, so on August tenth, uh, twenty nineteen, um, our good friend uh, Jeffrey Epstein unexpectedly passed away. Yeah. He sure so did. So that's just been a year of I just everything being like this and. You could be sure to see a significant overlap with the flight logs and the DNC speaker list, including um, especially uh, Bill Clinton, who has a major <laughs> featured speaking. And even, For a like, second, come even on. like my super like moderate like Dem um, Biden loving dad was like, why, "Why? Why the hell is the DNC having Bill Clinton speak? Like why? Like he, he's he was he was president more widely known for being um, friends with Jeffrey Epstein than like being the uh, president." At this point, for a second, Caroline, I really did think you were going to say for someone who was frequently on the flight logs, Billie Eilish, and oh, I was. God. I, <laughs> I mean, was Courtney so Love is on the flight logs. Oh boy! Or no, n- not the flight logs. She's in the black book. Ah, okay, okay. 
Um, two more things about the mail, and then we can get off of it. Uh, the the things I read from the Postmaster General were uh, intended to be like all hands meetings, where everyone was t- was like told to hey, put all your work done, come into this office, and we're going to read you this propaganda from the from the right. Postmaster General. Um, and two, here's just a fun paragraph that Scott Adams of Dilbert fame would have really taken oh, aim at God. back in. This this is just like not. I don't want to like. Not to give Scott Adams any credit, but I think he does have a way, like, tar- like making fun of the way of corporate speak because corporate yeah, bureaucratic speak is really office culture. Here's um, so this is an e- this is a, a le- this is a uh, announcement that was sent out to everyone. Uh, there's a new organizational structure where everyone's going to be divided into like three teams, which are which don't really matter. But here's the quote: This organization, well, this organizational change will capture operating efficiencies by providing clarity and economies of scale that will allow us to reduce our cost base and capture new revenue. Holy shit! I capture what fucking new revenue? You're the mail. Let me, mail has the revenue. One, 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 one more again. I'm just gonna give that one, one more again. The organizational change will capture operating efficiencies by providing clarity and economies of scale that will allow us to reduce our cost base and capture new revenue. Where the fuck are you apl- applying economies of scale to something like the mail, which is like the textbook example of the perfect economy of scale by forcing a natural monopoly? He's, he, like, he's, it's literally, it's literally the, it's literally already the example of an economy of scale, like, worked to perfection. Oh, I know I said that, I know I said that was the, I know I said that was the last thing, but there was one more thing. Do either of you know, are either of you familiar with the Hatch Act? No. I, so, it, I... I've heard the name before. I don't remember what it is. The Hatch Act is uh, basically a law that was back in the 30s. That was in, uh, I believe, back in the 30s or 40s. That uh, was basically said you're not allowed to discuss partisan politics with uh, a government uniform on, excluding the president and vice president. Um, what this originally was intended for was like to be like so that you can't, you don't walk into the post office and someone hand and like the person behind the desk is like, you should vote for Trump. That's what I'm going to do because I, I, and just like you know. Right. campaigning, you know, campaigning within the within the office. But now this has been extended to, you know, you can't do politics with the uniform on. You can't talk about anything on camera as a USPS employee, really. Anything of anything of significance as a USPS employee, which is Ew. bleak. But anyways, yeah. that's the mail. Thank you very much. It's very surprising the that there hasn't been larger I, labor actions from the US Postal Union yet. Uh, they're doing a lot of posting, and I hope that there's going to be a lot of labor actions from them. There have been calls, apparently, to uh, uh, subpoena Louis DeJoy uh, in front of Congress or the Senate or something, but I'm not really sure how that works, considering they're on vacation until September for now, but hey. Oh, isn't that great that they're just we like, yeah, just we're just going to go on vacation. We could just choose not to do our jobs in a period of extreme problem. That's how I'm going to put it. It's a, a period extreme. of extreme problem. <laughs> hey, extreme problem. Uh, yeah. and one la- one last thing before we before Caroline uh, talks about uh, her thing. Um, I've just been thinking. This isn't really about the mail super much, but um, this is just something I've been thinking about a lot lately. If by some miracle, like I, I don't really know where the presidential election is going to fall, but you know, let's just say if the odds are in our favor and Joe Biden wins, uh, and if by some miracle the Democrats keep the House and the Senate, all that's going to happen is we're immediately going to return to cowtown to Republicans and not being able to push anything through. And then when the Republicans inevitably get control again, it's just going to turn into Obama the way Obama shrugs at the 2009-2010 period where he had complete control of the entire thing, and he was just like, but they would have said no. Like remember, right. like remember last year when that fucking I don't even remember what state it was, but the, there was like a state senate 
but there was a super majority of Democrats and the Republicans uh, in in the Republicans literally just walked out of session at to throw a tantrum and the Democrats were like, well, we have to we have to reach out across the aisle and appease. Was, the, was that not Oregon? That I feel like be, that was Oregon. That Didn't they literally Oregon. go hide with a militia? That yeah, sounds no, about that, right. That was Oregon. That was Oregon. Oh, God, we love we love our Oregon Democrats. They're very um, useful. They, they have vertebra. Thank you very I'm saluting sure. so hard to whatever the fuck the mayor of Portland's name is that I can't remember. Ted, Ted fucking Oh, okay. I, I, I'm not thinking of... Who's the... um Jenny... I'm sorry. I was thinking of Jenny Durkin. She's Seattle, yeah. Seattle, sorry. Jenny... More like Jenny Durkin uh, saying... <laughs> Remember when she Jenny said jerking off? Remember when she said, "Okay, we're not doing tear gas," and then the next day everyone got tear gas, and she was like, "Well, I meant specifically this brand of tear gas. We're we're we we we're no famously long, we're <laughs> we're no longer we're no longer using Daddy Yankees. We're no longer using Yankee Candles tear gas scented tear gas. Anyways, go on. Speaking of speaking of Oregon, so 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 Ted Wheeler, um, much like uh, Jenny jerking off, um, also said that he was looking into banning tear gas in certain circumstances, question mark. Um, and of course, never banned tear gas. And in fact, he himself got uh, tear gassed by, I'm pretty sure the feds, but like, same difference. Like, pigs are pigs. Still funny. Yeah. It, it was very funny because um, there were a bunch of live streamers bullying him, uh, God bless, at the time. And as he's getting tear gassed and, like, tears are streaming down his face and he's coughing, uh, they're asking him, like, are you going to, hey, Ted, you're the police commissioner. Are you going to have the police who work for you, the police commissioner, Ted, you're the boss of the police, (laughs) are you going to have them bear tear gas after, like, you just got fucking tear gas? And as he's still experiencing the effects of tear gas, he still won't commit. He's still, like... We we will. That's something we are going to look into very strongly. Essentially. Oh my God. So uh, that's politicians. Our our champ Ted Wheeler. Uh, yeah. So um, it, on a bit of a lighter note, um, beautiful day in Portland, Oregon today. Um, there. <laughs> this is an ongoing situation where um, Trump's new favorite constituency being the uh, beautiful boaters, the uh, oh maggot chuds who get on their beautiful boats and like have like Trump flags waving on the boats. And this is what Trump has been fixating on for like the past couple months because he can't really do rallies and he needs to see people liking him. So he loves to see the beautiful boaters with their beautiful Trump flags. So uh, they organized um, one of those things in Portland today. And like within a couple, first of all, there's not that many of them in the first place. There's maybe like a couple boats. dozen. Yeah. yeah, more than that. I was initially seeing people saying I'm seeing like 20 boats, but um, maybe like 40. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's still, there's like been larger gatherings of boats. <laughs> there's been a, a, a larger gathering of boats on the lake my mom's house used to be on, uh, just for like fireworks. Yeah, like a non- people. People would have larger just boat parties where, like, you know, you just huck beers between boats. The the, mm-hmm. the storied tradition of anyone who lives on a rural lake, which is drinking. Oh yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to that in this uh, today's saga. Um, <laughs> of course. So within a couple hours of the boat rally starting, somebody's live streaming um, what appears to be a multi-boat collision, and again, there's only like. 
a couple dozen, a few dozen of these in the whole damn Willamette River, uh, stretching several miles uh, to the north and to the south, because there's a bunch of suburbs too, which is where most of these people, and uh, up over 80% of Portland cops don't live in the city, they live in the suburbs. Of course. There, so there's this, there's like three boats and like the fire um, department's boat is like circling around taking statements. Somebody's mad because they hit their head after this multi-beautiful uh, boater collision. There's a bunch of oil um, in, on this floating on the surface of the water. Uh, there's like a cooler full of beers that has fallen in. And a couple of the beautiful boaters are trying to fish their beers back out of the Willamette. And um, there's another, and not too uh, soon after that, um, there was another incident where the, uh, all the boaters were speeding down and causing a lot of wake. And uh, one of the smaller, beautiful boats uh, sank. <laughs> they, they sank one of their own guys. Like four people went in the water and it, yeah. I mean, like, they're all fine, obviously. There's a bunch of people around to help them out. But, like, their boat is at the fucking bottom of the river now, dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> they went to a Trump boat rally. And they got owned by the other boats. It's gotta be just, a real Their boat wasn't boat. large just, and beautiful enough. That's a Democrat so boat. Many, so many big, beautiful the boats. Fucking cuck-ass boat. <laughs> so many big, beautiful boats just jockeying for position. It's like, it's like the dist. It's like Cake Song The Distance. They, oh def- they definitely they're going maneuver- for speed. They definitely maneuver and muscle for rank, but they don't definitely maneuver and they just crash into each other. So Portland's on what, like the 69th day of protest now? Nice. 80. 80. At least. Damn. Um, there's a I can't believe we already went a, over the funny number. Yeah, we, we've been over the funny number. There was a great funny anniversary. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little varied on exactly which day it started, so counts are a little off, but... Um, Right. I'm, I'm mostly seeing, like, 80, 81. Uh, yeah, but uh, the feds um, officially left, though I think they're still here. They're just not actively um, Kidnapping people and throwing the, them into yeah, vans? Yeah, kidnapping people and throwing them into vans. The classic thing that happens in a normal democracy. Um, but... So Portland has been out of the national news for a hot minute, but think it, it's still fucking going off over here. You may have seen uh, Ted. Oh, fucking Ted. I hate Ted Wheeler so much. I hate that man. So um, uh, You may have seen Ted Wheeler on the news posturing as, like, this resistance mayor and um, about how, like, shocking the show of force towards protesters were and how people were getting uh, injured and how it, it, it was obviously to reroute the focus to how... Um, he saw an opportunity to posture as a great, like, anti-Trump um, hero, and he took it. And um, right. all the news media ate it up, of course. And, like, the governor, Kate Brown, who is equally as much of a feckless, useless piece of shit as she let um, aforementioned the um, almost armed coup in the state legislature last year. She just sort of let that shit happen. So that's pretty much how all Democrats are. And, um, but the second they got that press release out, uh, we made an agreement with Trump and we're sending the feds home. The second the uh, national news cameras left, it's back on to uh, local police uh, 
obscene brutality and suppression of and disappearing people. the First Amendment. And Ted Wheeler instantly going right, just like, it was a fucking 180 to like decrying how authoritarian and dictatorial the presence of the federal police were. And then instantly, like lit, I think within a couple nights, um, parroting the exact sort of hysterical, um, they're trying to poison me at McDonald's because I had to pull over and wait for my food for five minutes. Cop. Of course. Uh, speak. Uh, the specific incident was, um, at, uh, so there's multiple, uh, sites that people have been protesting at, um, ac- across the city, uh, yeah, pretty much like spanning the whole greater expanse. There's, um, the uh, Justice Center, which is the fucking jailhouse, so great name. name, yeah, great name. Um, where, by the way, um, as p- police have been using people, like, oh, you guys are at, like protesting and like throwing like fireworks and shit outside the Justice Center, but those are people in there, and like Ted Wheeler saying you're ch- like setting fires on like um, buildings that are housing people, um, housing prisoners that are being kept there against their will. And uh, there's currently like a fucking hunger strike going on there because of the conditions where the um, prison guards are so um, their feelings are so hurt at all of the news, out the noise around defunding the police and such that they're taking out their anger on the prisoners. And like the um, when there's protesting happening outside of the jailhouse, the and the police tear gas. The protesters, the tear gas regularly like fills the cells. Oh, like, and there's fun. nowhere to fucking go. And so it, it, it just horrific conditions. Um, and that's in the downtown part of Portland where the like tall buildings are. And then there is a there's a couple police uh, union buildings in the north, and um, where it sort not entirely but a lot of the more historically um black neighborhoods in portland are on the north side and then there is a police precinct in the uh in east portland which is chronically like really underfunded and the incident that uh, ted wheeler was flipping out about was at a police precinct where they like lit a couple copies of a newspaper on fire underneath a piece of plywood in front of a pol- in front of the police precinct, like a, a very like non consequential fire, and it, a intended um, like an intentional target because of the success that burning down the fucking police precinct had in Minneapolis. But uh, the next day, uh, Ted Wheeler and the uh, police chief are screaming and hollering on the news about how um, last night there was. Um, like a small group of uh, violent extremists uh, in, like entered city property with the intent to cause serious harm or even death. And Ted Wheeler so says... The, I, it was just I, them burning I, I a couple I, things I, in a park. A, a fucking... A couple copies of a newspaper. Like Fuck in sakes. front of the building. And you can... There's a... Um, the, poli- the police also put out this big video of them... Um, the testimony of the cops who were on the scene at the uh, fire outside the police precinct. And 
they're talking about like oh it was like a scene from a horror movie like they're like they're choking up they're near tears talking about this tiny little garbage can fire of how it's like the most the scariest like day they're like it, it just it's just a whole bunch of hysterical nonsense but the cherry on top is that ted wheeler markets this uh complete uh role reversal on his part as um you have like if you're going to these protests, um, understand that all you're doing is helping Donald Trump get reelected. All you're doing is oh, providing course. B-roll for his campaign ads. So there really is... ask yourself, do you want to be said in that Donald for, Trump's they said that campaign for, ads? They, they said that and, for the civil rights movement, didn't they? <laughs> uh, fucking probably, yeah. Um, I hate... No, they, they I said, hate... I hate these yeah. motherfuckers so goddamn much. And the what makes it so sweet and good and why we love Ted Wheeler so much is that Ted Wheeler himself in saying that and saying that it was attempted murder and that he says, I sincerely believe that um, city employees could have died last night. In doing, guess who fucking repeated word for word all that shit the next day? Donald Trump, you dumb bitch. You stupid bitch, Ted. He's talking about how, he's talking about like his good friend, Ted Wheeler, and how like, he, like how like, oh, Ted was against me, but now they're saying, now, now he, now they really want the feds to come back because as soon as they leave, they're trying to murder the cops and burn the police precinct down. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it, the brutality exhibited by the local cops um for the past couple weeks it has been uh oregon state troopers as well but a couple nights ago they essentially said we're fucking off we're tired of doing this shit we got because it's not really fun it's when the high school bully is like uh, i'm tired of beating the shit out of you it's not fun anymore well that and also they we're getting simones in they're they're getting minorly owned too, even though they're obviously the um, like the instigators of all the violence. Like, it's funny to see like a picture of a cop who had like a paint balloon thrown at him, and now there's paint all over his face shield, so we can't see. Like, that's some good comedy. It's and like, it when, is pretty funny. And and the video that went around the um, other week of a the uh, shield wall where the cops are just fucking bouncing off like a wall of wooden shields that people were holding at the front lines and it's like how how are you how are you getting this befuddled by a technique from fucking 500 Macedonia <laughs> Yeah It's like, a fucking Macedonian on. shield it's a, it's a partial Macedonian phalanx like yeah. come on <laughs> I'm just total total baby brains yeah it's but, so fucking um, funny. <laughs> yeah, it it continues to um yeah, they just continue to wantonly uh inflict brutality on the citizens of Portland. Um whether or not they're even like involved in the protests. Like people mm -hmm. have been tear gassed and like beaten and fucked with and like had shit thrown at them by the cops just for trying to get home because they're trying because the police are tear gassing uh residential neighborhoods too. Right, there was that's a, where a lot of these recent protests have been is in uh, residential neighborhoods. Right, sorry, sorry if you mentioned this already, but there was that Twitter po that Twitter post I saw like a week or two ago about that woman who was like, "Hey, I'm earnestly asking oh, this question: yeah. is is tear gas like bad for my chickens?" Yeah, oh, she's such a good account. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, like I've walked through like that exact neighborhood before. And another thing is in that exact neighborhood, um, there it it's underfunded and like lacks uh, like a lot of the east side lacks uh, infrastructure like sidewalks. So like a lot of the streets, especially the ones that aren't main thoroughfares on the east side, are have no sidewalks. Um, so when police are screaming at you to get off the street and there's nothing but street. Yeah, where the fuck I do you mean, want me to walk? <laughs> yeah, so there's some pretty grisly videos of, out there of, of police, like, beating people with batons and shit, as they want to do. Um, but, yeah, just... Yeah, it just fucking continues, because um, a lot of why uh, Portland has sort of been red meat for the conservative, like, outrage culture, like, there's this whole cottage industry of um, live streamers like Andy No. Uh, who, um, more like, a Andy, American more like man, Andy Blow. Yeah, who affects a British accent and has only recently started doing so, but is extremely not British at all and, like, has been in the public eye using his normal voice, too. So it's funny this pivot to British voice. But yeah, it's because Portland exists as sort of like, like, like it's, it's a, a Ben it's Garrison a, yeah. comic about a college campus was a city. Yeah, it's a li- right. like it's, it's a liberal it's, they, haven, they right? Need, they need the idea of this uh, city full of like uh, pussy hat um, woke scolds, um, who are like far left, like hippie dippies, etc. Um, like they need that to exist. Because they want to get mad at it. And, and so, um, yeah, like, Andy No has been very successful in uh, routing all of these, like, fucking ancient, like, bloodthirsty freaks who live in, like, the villages, Florida, it, into following yeah. and, like, stalking um, and, like, doxing people here and, like, um, sending death threats to them on Twitter about shit they know nothing about because they don't live here. It's just because it's been packaged for their consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's like the Michael, um, like the uh, anti, like, id poll left, like, criticisms of the protests, like the Michael Tracy shit, where it's like, oh, it's a Black Lives Matter protest, but all I see are white people. Huh. Okay, so first of all, not true. Like, even just like walking around Portland versus looking at videos of the protests, like it, they're obviously more diverse than like Portland as a whole. Two, yeah, there's going to be a lot of white people in those videos because Portland is like, I'm pretty sure like the whitest big city in America, and that's not a fucking accident. Yeah, it was like, like a sundown town until what, like the 70s? No, it's not, not just a sundown town, a sundown state. State. When yeah. Oregon was established during westward expansion. They had, it was, they had a black exclusion laws. It was illegal for non-white people to live in the state. And when this law was established, there um, actually were like some like freedmen who had settled in the state at the time. And the law said, like, you have to vacate within X amount of time or you get X amount of lashings. Like you get whipped if you don't leave to people already there. This is the liberal vanguard. So it was a very intentional project of um, making Oregon into this white enclave from the very beginning, which again was not that long ago. This is like 1850, or I, I think even later than 18. 
No, I, no, yeah, it was pre-Civil War, so 18, like, around there, but... Yeah, and since uh, then, um, like, it, with, in the past, like, 50 years, like, uh, neo-Nazi, like, skinhead movements in the United States, uh, they have something called the Northwest, like, Territory Initiative or something like that, where it is um, in a lot of the rural parts of states like Washington and Oregon and Idaho and Montana, there are intentional neo-Nazi enclaves because the idea is like move enough like white nationalists out here and then we have we'll have like sufficient numbers to establish this like seceded white nationalist region or like country or some shit and so yeah. like there are it's not just like the normal like makeup of like conservative like white people here it's like in the pacific northwest is extremely concentrated nazis uh speaking of whom um, a lot of the Portland uh, clashes with the police in the past uh, few years have been involving, like, groups like the Proud Boys and et cetera, and more, even more explicit, like, neo-Nazi groups coming here and explicit and starting, like, rallies explicitly saying, yeah, we're trying to come here so we can start fights and then waste city resources. Like, they're from out of state. Like, they don't like a lot of them are from out of state. They don't live here. They're like flying from across the country to t start shit here because it's this cultural, like, like again, these two like cultural images of the Pacific Northwest. First is like this white ethno enclave. And then second is like the ultimate like triggered lib capital. Um, and Portland police are also, uh, this may not surprise you, a really fucking racist and awful. Um, Naturally. I think I think uh, there was a study of like the past decade of um, police shootings um, in Portland. Half of them, I, I, like the most recent, like 65 shootings. So I'm not sure how many years that goes back. Well, uh, half of them were uh, black people. And the racial demographics for Portland is 78% white, 7% black. Half of the people the police shot were black. And also, I, I think a similar percentage of the people the police shot were either mentally ill or homeless. Which is also a major thing that the police love to do here is just fucking, um, because it's offensive for uh, the rich white liberals and I guess which white conservatives, but there's fewer of them out here to like see homeless people in public. So they call the police to harass them and brutalize them until they don't have to look at them anymore. Like, it's, it's a really awful uh, institution, and um, there's been a lot of local organizations, um, certainly at least since the first wave of Black Lives Matter protests in, like, 2014, but uh, also, like, I'm presuming before that, because, like, again, like, these issues have been existing here in, like, extremely tense race relations. I yeah. There was a really famous um, hate crime against an immigrant that was organized by an explicit like Nazi group in I think either the eight I think the eighties or late seventies. So it, it this this shit has been going on for forever. But um, there have been like local groups in Portland that have been bringing this issue to the police uh, before um, this most recent and most intense. Um, uprisings that we've seen across the country starting in May this year. 
Uh, so um, the, some good news is um, I, I think a couple days ago, one of the demands that people here have been working for for like several years um, was met, and that is to disarm the uh, campus cops for uh, Portland State University. It was finally announced a couple days ago that they would disarm the campus cops. Uh, this is after uh, two years ago, the uh, campus cops uh, gunned down uh, Jason Washington, a, a Navy vet and father of three, and of course, a black man, um, in the, and, and, and like shot him just like an obscene, obvious amount of times. Like, I, I think it was like they shot at him like 17 times and like instantly within arriving on the scene. Um, so, I mean, like it's a relatively uh, small demand in the grand scheme of getting rid of the fucking police, but it is a, it is a concrete demand that people have been working really hard for and want to like at the forefront of... Uh, what or local organizers have been um, working for, for the past uh, few years. So it, it was good to see that happen, even if it feels like, you know. A small step. Just gestures at everything. Yeah. I mean, they, they, surely they're excited about the Democratic ticket then. Oh, yeah, we love our cops, our law enforcement. I, I, I hope you know, Matt, that you saying, the, you saying that sentence out loud did, like, plant a face app smile directly on my face. Like, it manifested. <laughs> such a good way of putting that emotion it's yeah like, we we like we are all yeah, face app smile like, I, I, I am constantly making daniel bryan fresh out of surgery face app emotion i'm making um i'm making the aaron paul going that. no in the movie need for speed but face app face at all times yep it's normal uh so um I guess we could we could cover a couple of things in short uh, before we close up today because we we had two long topics. Now we can have some short uh, ones. A real quick shout out: um, Ben Shapiro thinks that having a wet pussy is a medical condition. <laughs> ben, fucking Shapiro, and he won't even say pussy. The driest boy of all. P word. Wet ass P word. Ben Shapiro thinks word. that having a wet P word is a medical condition. Also very funny. Uh, I don't know if you catch caught it because he only does it once in the video, but he does say uh, D word instead of dick at one point. <laughs> Such a fucking weenie. It's not even. It's now, not it's, even that no, he no, thinks. No, 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 no. It's not even that he specifically thinks. You you would that supposit, a wet ass you, you, you would supposit that, that if my wife had a wet, uh, a dry ass p word, as you are saying, hypothetically, if you were saying that my wife, as you are saying, has a dry ass p word, that would mean that I am not good at sex. Now, the, obviously, this is untrue. I can get my wife on the phone right now, and she will say that I am very good at sex. I am a very very good good boy when it comes to sex. Now. She gives me a ribbon like every time. She gives me a ribbon and a cookie and a, and a single Oreo and one half of a single intriguing. Oreo cookie every single time that I bust after three seconds. And she says, good boy. And she loves it. And then she turns over and puts her hands down there. And I don't look because I am a good Christian boy. And I read my, I, I read my good housekeeping and I go to bed. I wonder what it's like being Ben Shapiro's wife. It can't be any good. I mean, we, we're, we've gotten a glimpse over the past couple weeks into what it's like to be Ben Shapiro's sister. And it's not great. Yeah. Remember when she posted a picture that didn't crop out her feet? Oh, God. She People really went. Today she day. learned something that day. Well, that's enough about the Shapiros for now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, what else you got? 
John Kasich says on CNN that there's a prominent congressman that is going to come out for Joe Biden tomorrow in reference to a question from Wolf Blitzer about working with Republicans. Doug uh, Jones. Mitt Romney, right? Doug Jones. It's Mitt Romney. Ben's ass. Oh, yeah, it's Mitt Romney. But it's it's I, absolutely I just like Mitt the Romney, right? to say Ben's ass. Jeff Fuck. Oh, Jeff Fuck. I hate Jeff Fuck. I love that fucking. They, they have, like, all the worst Republican. Uh, like, the Republican Democrats speaking at this thing, too. Like, I'm pretty sure Doug Jones is speaking. Yep. Uh, they should get... Um, oh, God, Doug Jones. They should we haven't thought about him since he won. <laughs> like, we mentioned him on the podcast as the, the, third, the third best Doug Jones. Remember that time that he narrowly won an election based solely on the fact that he was not a pedophile? I mean... Yeah. I mean, how's that? More, how's that? If more elections turned out that way, we would be looking at a very different set of politicians. You know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah now, now, we're looking at, now we're looking at that presidential ticket and taking a big sip of coffee. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how this one goes. Oh, God. Yeah, no, the DNC is going to be an absolute shit show. I'm so glad we're recording before it and thus don't have to talk about it. Yeah, pretty good. And then uh, I guess the only other thing I really had was uh, was a brief piece of of Canada. So Canada has largely been nonstop talking about the the Wii charity scandal. And that's Wii as in W-E, not as in uh, the Nintendo console. The Nintendo console uh, that 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 has Mario on it. The one with Mario on it, yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is like a it's a it's a like a big charity that was started in like the eighties or nineties uh, by like some high school kids uh, called Free the Children originally, and then they've just kind of rebranded themselves over the years from like their, you know, just like the standard like youth group mission shit, which was their basis, uh, into having like a suspicious amount of contact with the federal government. Um, and it's the most boring <laughs> fucking story in the world, but it's like, it's such an obvious ethics violation. And they were, they were commissioned to, uh, run a summer jobs program, uh, through COVID basically to, uh, help distribute like summer jobs to people, to, to kids. And it was like a $900 billion program. And it was a single, sorry, 900 million, not 900 billion. That is absurd. Um, 900 billion. It was a $900 million contract that was single sourced. So like there wasn't a bidding process for it at all. And nobody recused themselves from the vote, despite the fact that several members of both Justin Trudeau and finance minister, Bill Morneau's family um, have like direct ties to the charity, either through like previous speaking engagements or like internships. And this is supposed to, this is like a huge, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's just such an obvious conflict of interest that like you have to be, absolutely stupid to not do it and the liberals do this constantly like their last their last government before trudeau was taken down by something called the sponsorship scandal which was related to election funding but was also just like there you're in the middle of a it's a football field and there's a bucket of syrup dead center and you have to try not to fall ass first into this bucket of syrup <laughs> and then he, you know, like they the just they run they run to the to center of the field and just do a full dive into that bucket and they do it every fucking time because like the thing about democrats it's liberals like centrists centrists they in general like they, they they live on graft their entire existence is corruption. They can't understand anything that is not 
appointing someone who's done you a favor. Like, this is the only way they work. Their world is just uh, giant burlap sacks with um, a dollar sign. Yeah, basically. And, like, look, Morneau is one of, like, the richest Canadians. He runs, like, a fucking hedge fund, and he's our minister of finance. Just to tell you, like, how good that's going. Um, And, like, unrelated... (laughs) Unrelated, like, one of the main ministers and, like one of the top posts in the Liberal Party is Bill Blair, who is the guy who ran Canada's G20 co- protests. Um, the the, resp- the police response to the G20 protests, which was like oh. mass scale kettling and like a human rights violation, literally ruled in court. And he is in our government. Oh. So like, this, this is the kind of shit you're dealing with. And um, this has caused liberals' brains to be completely fucking broken. Like, every liberal partisan on Twitter is going, like, we should put the conservative party and the NDP's Jugmeet Singh in jail for losing jobs for our nation's youth during this pandemic. And, like, like shit like that. And one of the personalities that has jumped on this is called Ed the Sock. Have either of you heard of Ed the Sock before? I'm... no. Okay. Have either of you heard of Nardwar? Yes. Have I heard of Nardwar? Okay, so they both exist in the precise same era of much music. In, like, the time that they were doing the most, like, work for the channel was, like, roughly the late 90s, early 2000s is when they were both really popular on, like, this basically Canadian MTV knockoff. Um, Ed the Sock's whole thing is he was a sock puppet with a cigar in his mouth. So very um, triumphant old comic dog. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah no he um literally got mad at triumph the Inco- insult comic dog for stealing his bit <laughs> like this was a whole thing in the late 90s that's very funny it is very funny but nonetheless he has um recently gone in as just becoming a liberal partisan hack on twitter and like this is a sock with a cigar oh, in so his like mouth that one guy who um he's like up 24 7 and always fires up the first like trump reply and it's like sir this is a wendy's yeah, oh, Je- yeah, Jeff he's Tiedrich? basically a Krasenstein. You mean Jeff? He's Tiedrich? basically a Krasenstein. Jeff Tiedrich, the father of awkward zombie creator Katie Tiedrich. Yeah. Oh my God, really? Yeah, same guy. Literally. The same oh, that's guy. so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no! I'm gonna be thinking about that all week. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So basically, he uh, Ed the Sock has been going on these like unhinged Twitter rants, much like all these other people, like uh, like G.T. Lem, who's like a Toronto-based doctor who's a liberal partisan, who is in the replies of like every single article about like the pandemic response and the We Charity scandal and just like calling for like the NDP to be uh, arrested on like treason. And like for like the CBC to be arrested for reporting false reports on like their investigations which are fine, which are like perfectly fine. Like, not to say the CBC is any good. They've been just absolute dog shit for years. And we and in Canada need, like, actual left media so badly it's, like, painful. Uh, lest I remind everyone, like I remind everyone every time I'm on this podcast, of, like, the Canadian newspaper's federal, gover- like, federal election endorsements. Yep. And it's just a sea of blue across the whole thing every time. Except for the Toronto Star, which was recently bought out by, um, by conservatives. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and he had this whole thing last week where he's trying to get it trending to refer to Jugmeet Singh as Jughead. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Okay, so that's what that was. 
that is why Jughead was trending in Canada. And he claims it is because Jughead is like a silly and stupid boy. And he is calling him silly and stupid. And it's not racist at all. Um, and then you look into like Jugmeet Singh's memoir and he literally refers multiple times to being called Jughead as a kid for wearing a turban. Ugh. And he is like absolutely going like hard line on how this isn't racist. And now there's people posting like, I stand with Ed the Sock, hashtag I stand with Don Cherry, hashtag I stand with the liberals. Um, so like Did this is- Did Don Cherry die? No, he did not die. He was just fired. Oh. Please, please listen listen to our episode, Famous Hockey Racist, for, for the explanation of that debacle. What a good episode um, But nonetheless, it, it's good. Um, and now, now it's just like this, I just fucking love that the, the culture war in Canada has moved to the point where like all like the, hashtag there's so many. I stand so many, with Ed the Sock. Yeah, like when hashtag I stand with Ed the Sock. Oh, the landscape is not good. Yeah, it's fucking bleak. We have so many just, like, alt-centrists. Like, that's all it is now. And, like, looking at the polling, I literally... Like, the polling in Ontario has the uh, the conservatives down, like, a good amount because their pandemic response has been, like, more or less dog shit, and they're trying to force everyone back to schools, uh, despite the fact that there is not adequate protection and our class sizes have been increasing steadily for years uh, due to chronic underfunding. Um, but the liberals who led like 13 years of graft in government are like polling way up and the NDP is at like nothing. And then federally where like largely the Canadian federal government's response to COVID was like better than the U S not great because like they're ending the, the wage subsidy that is basically keeping the entire economy afloat. Sorry, they're, they're, they're canceling the direct relief that, they, that has been keeping the economy afloat and turning it into a wage subsidy, which far less people are going to be eligible for. We love our subsidies. We love our tax cuts. Yeah. We love the FBI. Like the we entire, love the, FBI. The, entire we love city the FBI. Of, <laughs> the, the entire city of Toronto is going to fucking collapse the second that CERB ends. Like, it is, like, a largely, like, the large majority of people who work in Toronto work in, like, the people who aren't working in finance are working some kind of service sector job. And, like, the fact that, like, people who work at restaurants, people who work at bars, uh, people who work in, like, a, like just j random storefronts, all these people are being forced to go back to work in their, like, tiny, tiny buildings with no ventilation and... It's going to be bad. I mean, it's already been bad. Like, the stage three reopening is finally, like, done in all of Ontario. And that's, like, stage four is the one that's right before fully reopened, basically. And stage three, the cases have been going up, like, nuts. And they're just, like, blaming... They're blaming 20-somethings for going out and partying. And I'm not going to say, like, that's not happening. But it's largely just people who've had to go back to their jobs. Because the government will not support them if they are able to seek work. They're going to send the CRA after them. It's it's a really bleak situation. Like, the the only good things that have come out of uh, the Liberals' pandemic response, uh, like things li like the CERB in general, have been pushed by the NDP as, like, part of a coalition because the Liberals are currently in a minority parliament. So, like, they don't hold a majority to vote. So they need to get support from at least one other party. And, like, ideologically, it just makes the most sense for the NDP to be that party. And it is in this arrangement of, like, a liberal minority with NDP support that universal health care was passed in Canada. Like, th they don't give enough credit for that. 
Although I think it was still the CCF then, but nonetheless, it's like only good. They think these good things only happen when the NDP are there, but yet people will not vote for the NDP because that one promise that Justin Trudeau made to give us electoral reform and have like proportional based voting um, was removed when he realized it would get him less power and it sucks ass. So that's that's Canada. Yay, Canada. It's the home of it's the home of re- really nice people. Bacon, maple syrup. I'm doing this. I had poutine for dinner, so that's something that's good. Yeah, poutine, poutine is pretty good, yeah. Uh, do I do light bringers? Oh, do some light quick, bringers. I have a very quick shout out that I forgot to bring up uh, when I was talking about Portland that I wanted to hit. Um, so yesterday there was a uh, far right rat, like back the blue or fucking whatever downtown with all like the usual suspects of um, the like local far right freaks. But um, yeah, somebody fired one of them fired a gun and uh, he has been identified and his name is um, Skylor Jernigan. Skylar Jernigan? His name is Skylar Jernigan. Skylar Jurgenet, yeah. Okay. Well, I can't believe Sam would do this. Sorry. Well, one more shout out. Um, that that um thing that the was popping up in the news late last week, I want to say, where what was that one guy who like was like a former special ops or whatever the fuck guy who was just like throwing pipe bombs into protester crowds. Oh yeah, there was a um ex Navy SEAL who uh says on its LinkedIn he provided tactical training for law enforcement and civilian who um threw pipe bombs at protesters. Like uh, like you not, love it. like a uh, makeshift uh bombs filled with gunpowder and two of them went off. And uh, um, much, so like, I, I, much like the Skylore shooting yesterday, the police uh refused to investigate it at all. Oh, so the police didn't just get right on it to uh stop these people who are obviously causing danger to the community. No. What you're saying is that they are not interested in doing that. I guess not. Wow. Shocker. It really makes you think, huh? Uh, Lightbringers. I've got a two for this week. Uh, my All right, first, my first Lightbringer is going to be uh, I uh, very legally uh, obtained a copy of Super Mario Sunshine uh, last week. And uh, four days later, I had gotten every non-blue coin shine in the game. And it was just a complete rush of dopamine to my brain that was very much needed. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine is extremely good. Uh, fuck all the haters. I know there, there there are too many haters of that game. And it's really good. It feels great. The music's great. Um, I just, I love everything about it. Uh, the final boss is weird because it's like the the rocket nozzle has been like a novelty up until the very end and you kind of have to learn how to like use that at the very end but it you know very small digression um great video game my second my second light bringer this this week has been the get stick bug lol meme which has just been uh, fuck that was going to be mine <laughs> <laughs> we're sharing this light bringer you've been stick bugged lol matt God damn it, I can't believe I've been stick bugged on my own podcast. Yeah, you got stick bugged. It's just a it's like Rick Rolling always made me smile a little bit, but like this just made just like this one just slaps a big old goofy grin on my face. Like the music is just so He's just wiggling. He's wiggling the the, the extent to which he is wiggling is so incredible. Like he is going so hard and the, the, I love that stick bug. That's I love 
I love that the fucking music is from Roblox and it's literally called the Stick Bug song. I think it, I think that's like a I think that's like a oh, thing it was like it. renamed to like you know how like uh, the uh, fucking uh, hit or miss uh, guess they never miss huh uh, uh, song yeah. that was like uh, after it was uploaded it was renamed a couple of months later to be called like TikTok anthem in the description but. Okay, I, I thought it was like a game mode. That's what it looked like, but I also don't fully understand what Roblox is or how it works. I know that people have made like fully functional clones of other games within the Roblox engine um, because it's that kind of thing. So yeah, it could have easily just come later, but still, it's very good. It's just, it's just a little tune. It's a tune that expresses wiggling, and I really love to hear it. And like, given I've just been working every goddamn day. Well, I mean, I've been working four days a week, but that's that's more than enough. That's basically every. No one should have to work more than. No one should even have to work four days a week. No, let's, for, let's normalize the three-day work, work week. Adjusted for work years, that's every goddamn day. Yeah, exactly. Um, there hasn't really been much to like look up to. Like, I've just been like, I've been rewatching Little Witch Academia, and it's like it's been fine, but like, largely the only thing that has brought me sheer joy has been the stick bug meme. So. Thank you, Stickbug. Thank you, Stickbug. Also, also, also the the Buddy Holly Holly Weezer parody, which oh my god, I I don't know if I could put it on this episode, but it's really good. It's on my Twitter. It's not a threat. It's not a threat, even though it is very much a threat. It's not a threat though. Ooh, it's not a threat. Gonna nerf gun Joe Biden. Uh-oh, gonna hit him with gonna a dart. Gonna hit him with some foam. I bought it at Walmart yesterday, and I found his next address of speaking to the public. Yeah, it's at the DNC. Yeah. Watch it, everyone. It'll probably be good. Yeah, no, it'll probably be good. I hope you guys all enjoyed that, and uh, when we do our next episode, roughly two, two and a half weeks from now, we will not be talking about it at all. God bless. Yeah, my Just uh, don't worry about it. Is- quarantine hobby of birds birds, birds. Oh, fuck yes. if, you, if you get into birds look birds is pokemon that's no, what it right. is it's, you it have is. to see you, you have to see all of them you gotta you gotta go get them and i have seen some very handsome young men um i saw a cuckoo which i didn't knew, know what a cuckoo even looked like until i id'd it and it's like oh so that's what that kind of bird is cool and um, I saw a um, gang of proteins um, bully the shit out of a hawk, which Fuck is yes. something that I knew happened, but I'd never seen it in real life, and it was really funny. That you just got fucking owned. It, yeah, it, it's it's good. It's good to see little friends just having a nice time who have no idea there's a global pandemic. And they're all very polite. Birds don't and know anything, can see them. and that's so beautiful. Birds are a lot like Looker in that way. And birds don't. Ha- Looker birds don't. Uh, on average, though, birds do not have the dump truck ass that Looker does. No, no one has Looker's dump truck ass. All right. You really just can't. You can't beat or meet that. Yeah. You ready to take the shit to the close? Let's take the shit to the close. All right. This has been Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat, just a fact. If you want to find us, we are at HKIPGTD everywhere. That is Twitter. That is Tumblr. That is Gmail. That is Reddit. Thank you, Reddit user Bisexual Punch Party, for running that entire show. Uh, Just continually uploading the episodes like 10 minutes after they get pushed to podcast. Whoever you are, you are a hero. 
uh, and Patreon if you want to support the podcast. One dollar a month gets you access to all the bonus content we've done over the over the god two and a half, almost three years that we've been doing this podcast. That's super fucked up. Uh, five bucks a month gets you uh, your name under the podcast and a special user status in the Discord. Join the Discord. Ten bucks a month gets you uh, all that stuff. Plus, you get to listen live uh, to our episodes when we record them. If we don't do, if we don't like send out the last minute notice at like not at like eight p.m. on a Sunday. Sorry. So, thank you very much to Scout Shiro, Cass, Shin Diglett, Antigone Progony, Tufster McGee, Indian Snufkin, your Sapphic Minecraft B-Wife, Patrick Van Brunt, Alex H. Wynn, Jacob Sears, hmm, Bryce, Stefan Death in the Grips, Neve Noel Williams, Maximilian Rower, Boygameister! Boygameister! Bryant, Nick Clarkson, Jane Wick, Destryhawk, Pierre the Disaster, Alex Hoot, Summer Geist, Dijon Ace, Pregnant Seinfeld, David Besser, Paul Blart, Fleshcart, The Tallest Jew, Stephanie Ruff, and Alex Schaup. Hell yeah. Uh, I like that there's a page that, like, actually displays the patrons uh, without any of them being cut off. It's nice, isn't it? I do like it. Uh, Patreon finally did something good on their on their on their website. Thank you very much to the taxpayers for the use of their song "Evil Men" off of the album "Cold Hearted Town." It is a banger. Thank you very much to Matt GameCube. Hey, that's me for uh, hosting the NoiseSpace.xyz network for this podcast and so many other fabulous ones are hosted. Go listen to Zero to Zero. It's one of my new favorite podcasts. It's, uh, it's friends of the show Sam, uh, host of the show Val, and friend of the show Giga talking about the uh, uh, the the short lived reality show Who Wants to Be a Superhero. Uh, Giga wrote my nickname this week. Yeah, shouts out to Giga. That's where I stole it from. Um, you can find me on some other of the noisebase.xyz shows, such as Fear Baiting, my horror movie podcast. Schlocktober is coming up right around the corner-ish. Woo-woo! About six weeks. Uh, and also The Wonder Yerks, which is the Animorphs podcast I do with my friends Blair and Seda. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SunHatGenya. That's S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. And I believe that's everything. I'm Caroline. I'm uh, at... See Savage with two V's on Twitter and in the episode description, if you're interested in following what's going on with the Portland protest, I've compiled a list of local organizers and activists, uh, people who are on the ground pretty much uh, every night. Um, yeah, to follow. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattGCN. I have other podcasts, but I talk about them enough. We don't need to get into it. Let's just bring this to the close, baby. All right. Uh you, you know what we say, right? Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori, folks. God, I can't. And I can't. Joe Biden. I'm gonna. C- I I can't wait to see. I cannot wait for Nancy Pelosi to walk out on stage tomorrow to Billie Eilish. You should see me in a crown. You, it's you know what song she's gonna walk out to, and it's not Billie Eilish. <laughs> what song? There's some whores in this house. Wet ass Pelosi. Oh. oh. Do, do not say to me the words wet ass Pelosi. This wet ass Pelosi. Is, this podcast is over. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, you effing with some wet ass P word. P word is female genitalia. For this wet ass P word. Give me everything you got for this wet ass P word. Beat it up, N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I wanna ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet, come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like, oh, a lot more.